my people what up we back on swerving um haven't been here in a couple weeks have you hope you guys had a good easter good 420 all that stuff um yeah last last guest i had on was deegan banister local um barber hope you caught that episode was a good episode talked about golf life as a barber coming up um it's really good episode so hope you got into that i got owner of the bullpen here local hotspot going on nick basinger and um this is my guy, man. We just had a previous podcast on the Wellness Investors. I probably dropped Friday morning, and uh, we just had a little bit more to talk about off air. So we were like, "Man, let's hop on swerving." So it was good. It was good conversation, good. man. It was too good. Like we couldn't leave you. So I know. We got I, more to talk about. I, I was sending text messages out. I was like, "Hey, I'm I'm not going to be there yet." <laughs> yeah. Um, man, I feel like you know me and Nick were two people of misunderstandings at one point, but I feel like uh. You know, a little bit of conversation, getting uncomfortable, get comfortable, brought us, right. you know, more to understanding, and uh, I'm glad that we got that man. And uh, yeah, I, I see a lot of I see a lot of you and me is coming up, and I feel like you can bring me some motivation in life as a young man, and um, just doing things right because you've already walked that. You know, me being 24, you being 30, so yeah. maybe I can get some wisdom from you. You know, going forward. Oh man, that feels like that's putting a lot of weight on my shoulders right there. Give no, some wisdom down. No, it's it makes all right. me feel like that old man that I would always ask. You know, hey, what would you do? And you'd look at me, well, young man. <laughs> <laughs> no, man. Um, that was one thing I was gonna ask you on the wellness vests, but I can ask here. Uh, people know Nick; he's the owner of the bullpen. Um, but people don't know that he was a police officer, and I know that yeah. them times could be hard and stuff. Um, kick things off. What was that? What was that hardest moment that you were like? You know, besides the piss bottle, what was that hardest moment? And the the cop the cop situation that you were just like man like I don't know if I want to do this anymore man you know outside of pay that's such a difficult question to answer only because there were so many moments um, even when I went in the first year I was like man is this really what I want to do do I want to do this you know uh, I would see things that I didn't agree with I, I'm like man I don't I don't know I, people talk a certain way I'm like ah you know that's that's not something I'm really really big on. I kept pushing myself because I kept saying, you know what, maybe that if I leave, there's not going to be that person there that says, yeah, let's not do it like this. Let's do it like this because this is going to make a more positive impact. So I kept trying to push towards that route. But uh, the longer I did it, the more and more I saw that the young guys that just come in and do it every day, they weren't really going to do things the way that I thought things should be done. If that makes any sense at all. For sure, you being and, there a while. Yeah, yeah, and and I can I can sh- kind of shine some light on Go ahead. A, a very simple situation here and this is just a very simple thing that for years and years and years I never agreed with. Um I was never one to ever go out and write people speeding citations ever. I would stop people for it. You know, hey, slow your ass down. You don't need to be driving 80 through here right now. It's a 60. There's families out. Just slow down for right. me, okay? But um we had a younger guy who came in, and this is just, you know, a year and a half ago, and this was my biggest motivating factor to want to leave, I would say, over Ferguson, over the George Floyd riots, everything. This was my biggest motivating factor. He was probably 22 years old, and 8 o'clock in the morning would roll around more on day shift, and he would go sit out on Watson Road. Man, I'm really I starting, know that is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm starting to identify yeah. where I was working now. <laughs> so he'd sit at Watson and Gravelways. Mm. And um, he would stop people that would just be taking their kids to school or uh, just, you know, rushing to work. The everyday Joe that's just going to work, right? Go out and stop him for doing six, seven miles an hour. Nothing even serious, in my opinion. And he'd write these people tickets. Now, granted, on the letter of the law, that's still illegal. Technically, yeah. So can he do it? Absolutely he can. Is it morally right? 
I don't believe so at all. Um, and I would ask him all the time. I said, why do you do these kind of things? Why do you go out and stop these people, you know, going six, seven, 10 miles an hour and write them a ticket when they're just trying to go to work? They, they, maybe they had a bad morning. Maybe they're doing something. Have you ever tried stopping them and saying, Hey, just slow down for me, please. I, I know you're, I know you're running late for work, but there's still other people out here. I have no problem with people stopping people do it all day. I have a problem with hurting someone financially who is just trying to go to work and make a better life for them and their family. On the turn point, this was the same officer that would refuse to go out there and try to stop the real crime, the heroin that was on the streets. Um, you know, the, the real problems that I feel like were real issues. Right. And that's really the ultimate reason why I left because I don't feel like people who are just going out to make a living and are contributing to society should be fucked with. They should not be fucked with. And there's a there's a fine line of fucking with someone and the, and doing your job or having a conversation. Exactly. Exactly. And I think a lot of these younger cops and I'm not saying by any means that these are all the officers, all these young officers. It's just the way I feel. A lot of these younger officers are more on the line of fucking with people than doing their job and that is nothing against officers because i was one for so long but that is a lot of stuff i didn't agree with and, and a lot of the older guys that i worked with they're like man this dude what the fuck is wrong with him he's out here just fucking with these good people and that was probably the biggest motivating factor to want to get out honestly and it's just like simple things like i just said you put your you at the end of the day as a person i feel like you put yourself in other humans footsteps before you, oh, you react absolutely and, and, absolutely and these young guys you know they get in the academy and really you know they might be carrying a weight on them from high school or mm -hmm. you know home life and all that and they just don't put their real self in a humbling situation of just raising the family or simply going to work and all that just because you know they might have a badge and stuff but you put yourself in that in the in the mindset of a, just a regular human being you know outside yeah. of anything higher priority and it just it takes more than that just some time to think within yourself and i feel like you know cops are just quick to react and you know why some killings have came up and stuff right. and i feel like that's something we all can do better and i really understand that and I, i'm glad you said that yeah it's 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 such a fine line because i see both sides of it so much that um i i was i mean i don't want to necessarily use the word harassed i guess but i was stopped a lot as a teenager all the time i mean i had that loud car with the loud sound system the loud exhaust mm -hmm. 11 know. at night yeah. oh yeah driving around lows, yep. oh yeah <laughs> just doing shit like that so i mean i was stopped all the time as a teenager and it irritated the piss out of me because i'm like you don't know me why are you stopping me when i'm actually really doing nothing wrong at all i'm just coming to get tacos at jack in the box because <laughs> i'm 17 years old and i have a bad diet right exactly <laughs> you know so that would piss me off and but after walking that line on the same time, I do see both sides of it to an extent. And the people that cross that line, that's where I have a problem with it. Yes, they're doing by the letter of the law what is illegal. But I think there's always a gray area with everything. Not everything is black and white. And um, that, that can lead to a different conversation. So a big thing when people were protesting, defund the police, you know, and right. people don't understand... Um, you know, people were like, why defund the police? You know, um, da, da, da. you just know how conversation goes. Right. But my thought on it is the only reason I would try to defund the police at a time that it was it was, you know, questionable is to make them think a little bit. You know, when you lose a little bit of money, you're going to start thinking more 
of the service you're supposed to be giving, you know, just being a cop, not doing extra, you know, just, hey, having that conversation, right. don't slow down and stuff. So I, I feel like uh, people got the wrapped on defund the police more. Um, what what did you take of that? Well, personally, I think defunding the police is probably the worst absolute outcome that could ever happen only because, as I refer to maybe that young officer as well, all it would take is a little bit more training and guidance to be like, hey, look, these are the things you need to look for. Let's target these areas or let's target this to maybe try to prevent these narcotics from hitting the street instead of, hey, it's 7.30 a.m., let's go pull over the single mom who's taking her three kids to school. And on a whole nother aspect as well, training, man. Training, just, training, training. I was just going to ask that. Going through the academy and stuff, do you feel like there could be more that could be taught to be the, the right service, the service police guy? Yes and no, because I had a great academy experience. I think a lot of it has to do with, man, this this could be, this could go two totally different directions because it's hard to say. I feel like after Ferguson, because I was an officer pre-Ferguson, a lot of people left the field. And I always can, I always use this example and, and I don't know if you've really ever thought of it like this. So in 2014, when Ferguson happened, it was very hard to get a job. I had to move all the way to Sykeston, Missouri to get my first job just because everyone wanted to be a cop. The standards to be a cop were very high. You had to have this, you had to do this, you had to meet these qualifications. So very high. After Ferguson happened, there was a mass exodus. A lot of officers left the field. Oh, yeah. Lots. I remember. At this point, jobs are coming open everywhere. They can't fill positions. So what do they do to fill positions? They drop their standards. So then Officer A, who would have been up here meeting high qualifications, no longer has to be up there anymore. Right. All he has to do is meet these qualifications. Could be that 24-year-old out in the, the field. I exactly. Like. So... And it's just continuously get worse and gotten worse. And now it's kind of to the point where no one wants to be a cop anymore. So why would you want to do it when you can make better money at McDonald's and not get treated like shit? It really, I mean, realistically. And uh, I know the public can say, you know, well, I get treated like shit too. It goes both sides. Oh, yeah. Um, so the standards, which have already dropped, are just continuing to drop. And it's the same with the police academies. I, I hate to say it. I absolutely hate to say it, and I don't want to be crucified for saying it, but uh, the academies, and, and this isn't just one academy in particular, it seems like they'll let anyone in. I was thinking that too. Yeah, yeah, man. I look around at some of these recruits and I'm like, man, 10 years ago, this person would never have been in my academy class. There's no way. So honest to God, it makes me scared. What is it going to be like five years from now when those people are actually out working real jobs? I never thought of it like that. Yeah. and And it's... And I think that's the thing that a lot of people really never did consider. Like, hey, look, this one bad motherfucker over here that did some terrible shit. It sucks. But maybe we need to make the life a little bit better for these people who are really trying to do the right thing so they don't leave because we don't want the good ones to leave. That was my view on it. And that's why I always tried to stick it out. But there were many things, you know, obviously the, the protests and the stuff that that eventually weighed on me. But um, it's just the, the dropping of the standards, man. So, I mean, now how are academies training like they were when I was in? Have you not went back to watch or anything? No, no. And I, and I don't think I could bear to do it. I really don't. It would probably make me sick. And 
It probably feels like wasted time to you. It does. It, it really does. And, um, it, it, man, it's just so hard to even describe until, you know, like, I haven't walked through your shoes. I don't know what it was like to stand over there and protest. And, I, don't, I don't know. And, you know? That's, you know, that's what most people understand. Like, I wouldn't even, I didn't really go through really hard times like, like that, you know. I, you know, I had my run-ins with the cops and had to pay a few things, and I was in the system because, you know, I was riding around with the wrong people and stuff. But all of that was a matter of me. I was just really protesting on the matter of why Black Lives Matter right. and not even really against the police, just of, you know, racist people. Right. And, you know, when I was protesting, I was talking to all the police. They would ask, and my, I wasn't even a demand, but my command of respect and conversation with them, you know, when we marched from Deloge to Park Hills, like they understood the mission I was trying to do. It was never really at the police, even though, you know, the times of George Floyd and stuff was happening. But through my life of living through Park Hills, it's not through police. It's through racism at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that was the reason why George Floyd was killed and stuff like that. So at the end of the day, I don't really think it's cops and all that, even when they're taking a job and killing a black guy and all that. You know, it's not because yeah. of the job. It's because of, you know, home life and stuff and respect. It's, it's humanity. And, you know, it's really crazy, too, that you even mentioned this because seven months ago when I was actually longer than that, I've been out now since July 27th was my last day in law enforcement. Um, that don't seem like long ago. No, it wasn't, man. But it's crazy how my mentality has changed so much. Uh, every day, I feel like a little bit more of that cop has left my body. Yeah. Because a year ago today, I wouldn't have been able to have this conversation. I wouldn't have been. Because I took it so personally that I felt like everyone was attacking me and my brothers. And at the end of the day, that person that was standing next to me potentially had to kill someone so I could go home. Right. So it was very personal to me. Um, very personal. It's something I don't understand. Like you don't understand my walk. Right. Around. Exactly. So, and then, and, and that's where a lot of people can benefit from watching this. Yes. And just hearing it and and, and learning from it. But um, because like we, me and Nick were talking about earlier, we really didn't have an understanding of each other because I was a guy that was protesting and he's young and growing a business right. outside of being a cop, and that's most people that's going to be in there. So it was just a matter of you know, just how the world is, you know, and accepting things that we're both growing in our walking path. So it just took a matter of conversation and just moving on between ourselves. Maybe that was the older cop in you, you know, yeah, and, and making it leave to really get to understand where I was coming from with you and stuff. So, and, and you know what my response would have been to you if he would have came to me and said, Hey, do you realize that someone died today by a police officer, you know? And, um, now I'm like, man, in no life, I never want to see any life ever taken. But my response to you one year ago would have been, well, he was committing the crime. He should not have put himself in that place. To a part, I still feel that way to an extent. But at the end of the day, there was still a trained police officer there that was to do a job, do it respectfully, do it civilly, and do it the correct way. And he didn't do it. Yep. And I you feel know. like, you know, I'm not, I wasn't in the situation of the cop either. Like, all walks of life so hard. Like, right. we weren't, me and you weren't there. Right. You know, so... We just know how, you know, you live as a person and try to take things in all situations. Like we've been in the fights and stuff and confrontations and stuff. I just feel like uh, you could hold things from getting there. Maybe from, like you said, hey, slow down. Or, you know, yeah. when uh, when when uh, Mike Brown was still in the candy, you know, maybe the cop just buying it and just going on about his yeah. day or whatever he was doing. It just takes small things that re- I feel like people just take small, small things and let it bother them sometimes. Yeah, there's a lot of things that aren't in perspective of the other person. Yes. You know, it's, it's in the, the eyes of the beholder. And, um, and until you're in those eyes and seeing those perspectives, you're blind to it. Did, uh, did having 
how did having kids does that change anything um like within change of careers uh no because honestly i had my daughter fairly soon into my career i think i was in maybe a year got you uh my daughter's eight now so yeah it would have been about a year because uh the nine months that the stork takes to fly from the North Pole, they bring the baby here. And, I, and that probably, the, yeah, they're probably the age of uh, not really understanding that. But how was your significant other at the times, you know, within times of people, you know, bashing cops and stuff? Was she yeah. more of like, you need to stop or? No, I've, I've never, everyone has always been really supportive. Um, if anyone had a hard time with it, it would have actually been my grandmother. Really? Yeah. And uh, to this day, she calls me all the time. She cries. She's like, sweetheart, I'm just so happy you're out. You know, she'll see a police officer was killed. Like, the incident in Bon Terre. Yes, sad. Oh, very great terrible, what you did, man. Dude. Like that, that situation hurt me, you know? Yeah. So. so it's just, you know, she calls me and tells me all the time, hey, I'm so thankful that you're out. And, uh, you know, I, I am very thankful that I'm out. That was one of the best decisions I ever did to leave law enforcement. But on the, on the flip side of that, my heart will always be a cop's heart, I, man. I will always. Sure. I mean, I have the thin blue line tattooed on sure. me. I I get chills thinking about and, it, man. And I'll see, you'll always do what you can for that. Oh, them. absolutely. Dude, I will bend over backwards for officers, man. I, At the end of the day, I still pretty much took an oath to have their back no matter what. And um, I'll never leave you. It won't. No matter how hard, I, it won't leave me. It's definitely something that's a part of me, but I still know the difference in right and wrong. How do you bring that no. cop in you to be, to, and transfer it to an owner, though? Oh, and man. Just, just be a good, like, service person. I feel like that oh, comes buddy. easy. I don't know if it comes Everybody easy. likes that cool cop. I feel like you were that cool cop. I'm glad uh, I never had run-ins with you, but. <laughs> that's why, because I was that cool cop, yeah, man. you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but, uh, no, it's. It's a matter of being you, though. I feel like you do that easily, man. I do, but I, it, the problem is, is law enforcement isn't supposed to be personal. You're never supposed to take anything personal in law enforcement. So this is why it's honestly hurt me more than anything, because I still have that law enforcement mentality. But now I have this baby of the bullpen that's very personal. Right. So it's very hard to not take that personal. I feel like that's why you're so professional within the bullpen, because that's the officer in you. I, I, I try to be. There's a lot of times where I'm not. There's a lot of times where I do lose my cool. Um, but I try to be very professional as most as I can. It doesn't, you can ask my staff. They're like, Nick, you need to chill the hell out, you know? Because I, I, man, I do get pretty mad sometimes. But why should I get mad over pickles not being on a cheeseburger whenever I'm not getting shot at? Right. You know? I feel that. You know? What would you go back and, you know, the walk of life you had, what would you go back and tell your 18 year old self? Oh, boy. Hmm. Honestly, probably not change a thing. I wouldn't even talk to him. I would just stand there in the room and just watch him be an idiot. Were you questioning it a lot, though? Yeah. Yeah. Um, Man, my, I was... What kind of shithead were you? Oh, man. You know, I was never into drugs. Never was into drugs. You know, I don't, never smoked. Never did any of that. Um, I just drank a lot of alcohol, man. A lot of alcohol. Wasted the days. Oh, buddy. I would wake up to drink and sleep just to wake up and drink again. <laughs> That's all I did. And um, and women. Yeah. Women and booze, man. There was just something about those two things. Broads and bro boobs. That made you drop? <laughs> boobs. <laughs> <laughs> that made you drop? Yeah. Yeah. Ultimately, yeah. When I dropped out of school. How did your mother treat you at that time? She was working so much, man. She didn't, you know, she didn't really pay. I don't want to say she didn't want to pay attention. I was at, because I wouldn't, I wouldn't say I was a dropout. I just had so many tardies, bro. I didn't want to, I just didn't want to go, you know, like. Yeah. Well, and see, that's it too. So, <laughs> I mean, like I was telling you, I told you off, off air, you know, I was 16 years old, dropped out of school um, in North County and, and ended up going back and graduating. That was pretty incredible, but. I could never get my ass out of bed because I was too busy drinking with my friends. 
the night before going out and partying, you know, and, and just acting like an asshole, dude. You know, I was sitting here thinking, uh, just of all the stupid shit that I did, I'm not going to air it out on the broadcast because no. I'll end up getting the FBI <laughs> knocking on my door and be like, why did you do that, Nick? But, um, just living fast. Yeah, man, I was doing dumb shit and I'm like, how in the hell did I survive? You know, I'll never forget sitting in the back of a 3000 GT, uh, was the Mitsubishi's 3000 GTs. Mm-hmm. And dude, it literally spun four times going down highway eight all because we were all just absolutely hammered in the car doing 120. And I just look at that and I'm like, what I'm were you f- doing? I'm a fucking idiot. Why was I doing that? <laughs> Man, you know? that's crazy. Um, I feel like, could you, uh, I feel like, I feel like drunk driving. I, I talk about that a lot. Uh, it's probably, did you, you know, we probably all have done it, but you know, yeah. one people, you know, you want people to go home safe, you know? So I feel like, how could you preach on that being an owner? So, you know, people coming to party and have a good yeah, time. Yeah, man. I, I always want everyone to be safe. And, you know, on a law enforcement ex- aspect of it as well, even when I was an officer, right, wrong, or indifferent on how anyone feels about it, this is my beliefs. People are going to make mistakes, man. People are going to do stupid shit and they're going to do things that they wish they would never have done. And if they can learn from that experience without having a $10,000 financial, you know, just any kind of deficit sent to them, why, who am I to, to cause them so much financial pain whenever I can correct that solution, that problem by simply taking them home and be like, Hey, you knucklehead, next time I will write you a DWI. Right. You know what I'm saying? Don't Mm -hmm. do this. Right. Don't do this. And that's how I, man, I lived my life like that, man. If I stopped someone who was drunk and I, and they weren't a, a habitual problem. I'd take him home, man. I'd be like, hey, stop being a fucking knucklehead. You know? That's cr- I was going to, that leads to another question. Do you feel like if you were never a cop, you'd have the life you had today? No. No, it definitely shaped me who I am. Definitely. Um, I don't know what I would have done. Have no idea what I would have done. Um, man, I'd be, I'm clueless where I'd even be. So you're just thankful. Oh, yeah, man. And all the role models that I had growing up through law enforcement because I was a kid I was 21 years old I was 20 when I went in the academy man that's a kid you know all the role models and everyone that I had to look up to I had some great people in my life great people in my life that are really not in law enforcement much anymore um now they're in more leadership roles maybe a few chiefs here a few lieutenants there but man did I have some role models to lean on to great people that's what's up man I feel like I, I just looking at you, I, I understand like you appreciate that walk of life of going through that. Oh, yeah. And we yeah. all have to go through things to build us up as a person. Yeah, so absolutely. That, that's definitely you. Um, man, as a business owner, um, I feel like the food is probably the hardest thing. Um, oh, yeah. Do you, do you want to add to the menu at all? I do. Um, as far as adding items, is that what you mean? Yeah. Or do you? So it's just. Do you try to bring your own like what you like to the menu or is it like. Do people like recommend? So at first, when we first opened, you know, the law enforcement chef in me, I started this menu thinking we can make anything on God's earth that we want to make. And it doesn't work like that because you have to remember ticket times and everything else. Yep. These people want their food fast and we already have a problem with that as it is. It's one of those things that I just had to go with a menu that is easily understood by the customer and the staff. And we can make less mistakes doing it, if that makes any sense at all. One of those things where... Because you can't be back there cooking it. Right. It's just... it, And, and I started out that way, man. When we opened, I was back there doing it all. 
You know, we had limited staff. I was back there doing everything. And I still go back there and help them. I still go back there and do some stuff. But I have to give them the credit because they're the ones that are major. You know, they're mainly back there. Um, I can't say that I'm back there that much anymore, really. But uh, no, man, that, that food's hard and food costs going up so much. I mean, it romaine lettuce out of everything went up 100%. Dude. Oh, dude, we don't, dude, I already didn't understand. Yeah, that's a whole nother topic. Chickens went up. Oh, dude, everything. And and it's really hard because I can't raise my prices because I, I try to maintain that level of I want to be able to, I wouldn't, when I was working, I wanted to have someone, a place that I could go that I could bring my kids into and not spend $80 just to feed three people. For sure. You know? So I try to keep the food. I, I try to live off volume more than anything. That's one thing I know is I can come have a few buckets of beers and a good time on yeah. a decent budget. Yeah, and that's why we do so the canned your, beer. So tip your waiters. Oh, yeah, they need tips. That's that's how they survive is on their tips. And so many people stiff them out. And it, it breaks my heart because they work so hard. They work so hard. And hard then, for a time, they really don't have to be hosting us, mm-hmm, by, you know. Mm-hmm. So when we're not tipping and things like that, that's making them go home and question whether they want to work more and stuff. And that makes it hard for an owner like Nick, yeah, sort of employees and things. So we got to tip your employees. And not only that too, but you know the uh, the community aspect yes. of it. I mean, having the bullpen there and the money that we're going to bring to the community, I'm very confident that this water park that's going in Park Hills would not have happened if it wasn't for the sand trap, the old mine house, slaughterhouse, myself. Oh, they're redoing it. Yeah, they're putting a water park in down there, man. Damn. Oh, it's going to be legit. That'll be yeah, legit. They're wanting it to be comparable to like the Farmington Water Park. But I truly, truly believe that that would not have happened if it wasn't for all these businesses coming in. And it, it takes all you guys teaming oh, yeah. to build more yeah. and more. And, and that water it. park's going to bring people to the bullpen and the sand trap and stuff. So it's all about yeah. filtering and relationships. People call me crazy when I say this, but I I truly believe Park Hills can be bigger in Farmington. I think it can too. Absolutely. And people think, oh, no, you're crazy. The thing is, old school is kind of the thing. and. Park Hills has that vibe, and it's getting back to the modern. You can do stuff here. Man, Only I'm telling you right now, if Farmington right. had the – I mean, if Park Hills had the movies, it'd be over. Oh, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I remember going to that big-ass movie theater in there. You remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh, I think the last one I went to was a Paranormal Activity, and I remember there was like a black line through the screen. I went and got my – it was so cheap. Went and got my $5 back and left. And then, like, <laughs> I remember I never went back, and later in life it was just closed. But yeah. now I'm, I'm just like – Man, I hate it's gone because that was that's probably the one thing that's missing. And, you know, looking at that, especially from a business owner aspect, I think of it as what kind of budget were they working on? You know, because I remember the tickets were so cheap. That place was so big, like five bucks. Yeah, man. And and I don't know what it would cost to bring in a movie or anything like that. But I wonder what kind of budget were they working on? Could they even afford improvements? Is it one of those things if they were supported more, would it have gotten better? Because they were, you know, like I said earlier, the long line at the bullpen. It's been a huge issue and it had to be an issue because I didn't have the money to pay for it, but I had that savings account set up right. prepared to make those improvements. So it always makes me wonder whenever I go to these places and I do have a shitty experience, is it one of those things that they're preparing to make these improvements? So if I stop going, is it going to make things worse or better? You know, mm-hmm. it, those are the things that I look at, especially since I've gone down the road of well, I had to raise $20,000 to to extend the bar and to get all these new terminals and everything. And if people would have just stopped coming because of the long lines, we'd have no bullpen. So really, I have to say thank you for everyone that just dealt with it for a while. For sure. You know? It's a matter of patience and time, man. Yeah. Between owners and, uh, and, and the customers. service. Yeah. Throughout the time, the bullpen has gotten great. I feel like there's been no decline and everything's about evolving, man. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, as long as you're doing that, uh, I feel like I said earlier, and when you guys listen to the wellness investors, uh, 
you understand that Nick does put his his mindset into you coming to the bullpen. So it's great and growing. And um, I'm just happy to have him here. I got some self-questions that I ask everybody on the right, right. that we're going to dive into. Um, a little bit of music talk. If you were on an al- if you if you were stranded on an island and had to take five okay. albums, you would take five albums with you. What okay. are you taking? Oh boy! So are we talking full albums here? Yeah, yeah. Like you love, like life. Okay, all right. The Carter Three. Okay, absolutely. Ooh, damn, that's okay. a good one. That's what's up. But see, I'm, I'm a huge Lil Wayne guy too, so I'm going Carter Three, Carter Two. Damn. Um, yeah, man. I like them too. That's what I grew up on. Um, Who? Um, the Hysteria album by Def Leppard. I think it's what's the album name? I don't know, but it's got Hysteria, uh, Pour Some Sugar on Me. It's got all those, oh, okay, all, okay, the, okay. all the classics from Def Leppard. So there's three. That's the shit. That's the yacht. That's the rock I like. like yeah. Oh, yeah. Yacht rockish. Like, that's yeah. what I like. Um, fourth is going to be the Green Day American Idiot. Okay. That's, that was, man, I remember growing up on that. <laughs> that was Roller Zone days for me. Oh, yeah, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> and number five. Oh, boy. Um, Man, I don't, I don't know if I have a really a number five because those are the solid fours that I really. You'd grew be okay up on. with that? I could, I could live on four. That's dope, man. I like, could live on four. You've had the shortest list ever on the swerve. Yeah, man, I could do that because uh, those are the songs I really grew up on, and I'm the kind of guy. And you know, it's funny because you mentioned Kayla, one of our bartenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kayla's a good friend. She's been Dude, on the pod. Nothing rips her apart more than whatever I play all my old music. Oh, <laughs> dude, she loses her mind. She's like Nick. Nick, you've got to let me make you a playlist. Your music <laughs> is just so bad. And I'm like, Kayla, stop. Let me play what I want to play. And if I want to play my 2010 throwbacks, I'm going to play them. He's playing that. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, that's, man, I'm the kind of guy that'll hit repeat on a song for three days and listen to it. I'm like that too, man. I just the old, that was, that was a time, you know, Lil Wayne will always be the goat. Oh, um, yeah. Very appreciative, very appreciative of 50 Cent, like Eminem, all them guys. Oh, yeah. Um, Another question I ask people, if you, if you could and got, would you rather have $10 million in one setting or a million dollars every year for 10 years? And what would you do with it? Mm, good question. Because there's a lot of opportunity and strategy to both. A lot. Um, and I guess it really all just goes depends on your discipline and your strength. And I mean, as far as me now or 18-year-old me? No, right now. Oh, right now? Yeah. $10 million. Because I can manage money right now and I could I could turn that $10 million Oh yeah, ten million right now. That's not even a question. Now, eighteen year old me, oh man, you better put that. What about twenty one year old you, yeah, still better put that money in a bank account and never let me touch it until I'm forty. <laughs> yeah, everyone answers different, man. Like I would, I'd probably have to take the one million at a, you know, being twenty four because you know living yeah. a little fast. But I, I feel like now and talking to different people, you know, the investments would be definitely there. And there's a lot more. There's too many, op- too much opportunity out here to go broke. So right now we live in one of the greatest periods of history. These are going to be the periods that people look back on in books and say, man, could you imagine being 20 years old in 2020 and having $100,000 or having $1,000? I'm telling you, people are going to do that because there's so much opportunity out there right now, whether you get into cryptocurrency or whether you get into just the stocks and how you can trade stocks on your mobile device so easy. Are you big into that? Oh, buddy, I am. I live on that. And in fact, that was how I raised quite a bit of money for the bullpen. That's what's up. Um you know, a quick story. My son, when he was born, before we even started doing anything, we were in the hospital for about three months um, before COVID was anything. And I saw a Robin Hood commercial. I'm like, what the hell is Robin Hood? 
but I had nothing else to do with my time. And I had $20 in my bank account. So I was like, yeah, whatever, I'll put it in there. And I turned that 20 into 40 and so on and so on. And one of the greatest things that ever happened was, was unfortunately, I want to say COVID with the financial market, not everything else. So please don't take my words out of context. But um, I just, uh, man, I just started buying stocks when they were falling. Yeah. When they were falling, I was just buying them up. Netflix and small things oh, like that. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. And I was just flipping them because they would rise the next day and I'd flip them and flip them and flip them. Now, did I get rich? No. Did you get in on GameStop? I did. I, I was part of that. Lucky. I was part of that. Yeah. Good was, shit. Good shit. Oh, yeah. But uh, no, I didn't uh, I didn't get rich, but I made several thousand dollars doing it and it was enough to, you know, throw money at the business. And it takes self time to do that, you know? It was. And, and, yeah. and reading and learning. Oh, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, just a little bit of shout out to J.J. Buckner. I don't know if you know who he is. He's got uh, a bunch of uh, YouTube videos on, uh, you, well, on YouTube, obviously. But he's a local guy, North County, graduated 2009. Did he get financial tips and stuff? Oh, buddy, he is, he's famous on there. I mean, he's, uh, gosh, I want to say. him on the pod. Oh, dude, he's, a, he's an awesome guy, man. He, he knows what he's talking about. He's worldwide famous on YouTube. That's what's up. Um, if you could, if you were sitting in my shoes, what's something you'd ask me? Hmm. Your shoes. What What you would ask me? As a, if you were if you were hosting a podcast, what would you ask me as a guest? Oh, okay, okay, okay. If uh, If you had an opportunity in life, if someone presented you an opportunity, you don't know what this opportunity is. You don't know this person any more than you just know someone walking into Walmart. But they said, "I have an opportunity for you." I just need you to give me your time. Do you say yes or no? Yeah. If that, if that meant you're just going to give all of your time up for a year and they could potentially just fuck you. Yeah, because I'm buffering right now. I'm really just trying to find something that is going to find, like, I'm not going to, I want something that's going to buy into me as much as I'm going to buy into it, yeah. you know, and I really haven't yeah. found that, you know, within my detailing and stuff. That's really just self-time. But uh, I haven't found that company or, you know, someone or, like, you know, whatever that, hasn't appreciated me for me yeah i'm yeah, just man. i'm just not a settler no know? yeah man you can't and you know like i always tell people too as long as it's not illegal immoral, and against you know just basic human law if you have an opportunity you have to take it because 100 life and opportunity man it's gone like that and you don't know what it could lead to it may be the worst time of your life but you know what you had an opportunity you probably learned something from it oh yeah and that's every day in life man like even you know we go through shit every day but one thing I don't try to do is look on yesterday. I oh, just yeah. try to look on tomorrow and what yeah. I can do better as a man, you know, because that's all we can do is evolve. If if you're not involving in anything in life, then, you know, we're just taking backward steps. And I just feel like I can't do that. Exactly. You know, like the matter of you going back to school and stuff, we can't do that catching up as right. men. So I would definitely like if I had the opportunity, I'm taking it because I got the time. See, and a lot of times if I ask people that, you know, someone just walks up to you and says, I just want your time. I've got an opportunity for you, but I want your time. You have time for nothing else, but it's a great opportunity. People are like, no way. I'm not, I'm not going to be able to go out with my friends. I'm not going to be able to drink. That shit's, that but shit's you never gonna know. I mean, it's going to be there later. Yeah. I mean, it could be an opportunity for a Milky Way candy bar. You never know what it is, or it could right. be an opportunity for $10 million. You never know what an opportunity, a simple opportunity can lead to. And uh, kind of like with some staff that we've had come in, I'm like, man, I don't know if this is going to work out. Right. But all they wanted was an opportunity. And now they're. Now they're moving up with me. Right. I mean, I've got some staff there that no matter what I do in life, I'm going to take them with me. Right. And it, takes that, it takes that small, you know, that time. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I will. I mean, there's there's some people working there now that I'm going to, no matter what I do in life, I'm going to be like, I want that person to be my number one. That's what's up. I, you know. What's something you're, you're, 
you're um, appreciative of, but you, you know, you might take lightly and not, you know, you might not give enough light to. That I appreciate, but like I don't. Maybe your significant other, um, something no. you really buy into. Definitely her. She yeah. puts up with so much shit for me because <laughs> I'm always working all the time. Um, honest to God, I would have to say probably my family. Yeah. And I hate that that's what it is, but it's something that's always been there, man. Like I've always had my grandma. I've always had my grandpa. I've always had my mom around, my brother, my sister. I've always had them. So until you lose that, you don't know. So it's one of those things that a lot of times I, I'm sitting there, I'm like, my mom will call me. I'll, I'll get to her later. I'll answer it later. I don't, I don't want to talk right now. When all reality, 10, 15, 20 years from now, if something happens, I'm going to look at my phone and be like, man, I just wish my mom would call me. That one call, yep. Yeah, man. So you want to have all of them. Yeah. So, I mean, time with family, kids, everything, because life is so short, man. I could, I could leave it here today and get in a terrible car accident. You know, I mean, anything can happen. So, I mean, just time with family. I, I, I respect that. Me too. And I that's something I feel like I have to give more to in my life to get more out of my life. Right. I, it's something I haven't been doing, you know, in a year or two. And I've, I've been feeling a little like, I've been feeling like I'm buffering. Yeah. You know, like yeah. I'm here, but it's kind of like, man, like what's going on? You know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it's something you almost need to fill that gap. And it's crazy how complete you'll feel. It's kind of like, you know. If you ever have gone through a bad breakup, man, no one will make you feel better than your family, you know, at least with me. If yeah. you ever went through a bad breakup, it's almost the same thing. You you didn't realize you really needed them, but you did. Talking about breakups, you ever like, you know, I've been through that mental health stage. It's not even like breakups sometimes, but I try to compare the next to the last. Mm -hmm. I can't, I'm just bad at letting things go, you know? Yeah. So I put that into my personal life and then the next one I'm trying to get. So I come off as maybe arrogant or... Oh man, you know, I'm the things I want. I'm right there with you, man. I, I, but I it's not that. I just feel like I'm easy to like. But you know yeah. what you want in your life. You get know oh, what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah. And I, I guess you probably have the problem if you're never satisfied, ever, no matter what it is. Not that. Just people don't understand me. You know. I feel like you know, just having well, conversations. Then, if you were to write a book about yourself, if you were to write a book about yourself, but it can only be three pages long, three hundred words, what's that book gonna say? I mean, how would you describe yourself? For someone, because let's be honest. I just want someone to accept me for me, and I really don't have to change much. Because right. Because I feel like I'm not really, I'm just a natural guy. But, you know, that's such a cliche response that someone could <laughs> yeah. sit, you know what I'm saying? That someone could sit there and say, but oh, But the world okay. is so dishonest oh, these amen. days that yeah. everyone takes, all women take that as cliche yeah. when it's really, like, it could be that, that really easygoing guy. You know, that's why I, I mean, spend yeah. a lot of self yeah. time and, you know, I come to the bar by myself and just hang out and like, I don't, you know, I just entertain my podcast really. Oh, dude, this has got to be your wife, man. This is. I love it. Because that's how you're going to grow it. That's and that's, that's how I grow it to myself, you know. So when you find this on YouTube in five years from now and you're like, oh my gosh, look at DJ's first, first podcast with the bullpen owner and then I can now DJ's on talk radio on every <laughs> Saturday doing all this, come watch this. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I fucking told you so. Listen, if there's one thing that can absolutely happen is if you want to do something, dude, there's nothing that can stop you. There's no reason why you're not Aaron and Ryan Seacrest on the top 140, Bro, the, the morning, sh <laughs> the, the morning show is my, my dream. And I just, you know, what I'm you saying? know I just got to get some connects and relationships about that. And, uh, you know, just consistency, you know, listen, this ugly bastard here has got the voice for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone says it, man. Everyone fucking says it. I appreciate that. Really? Yeah, man, for sure. Um, what's some things like, 
are you guys like so something I I think could be cool within the bullpen would be like I don't even know like people really don't see what's going on in there yeah you know as far as like behind the scenes yeah like you I feel like you can create little like short promo videos for like upcoming stuff and stuff rather than just a a photo you know like yeah I feel like I could bring a commercial like standing up and like stuff like that I feel like that would be good for it dude I'd love to do a commercial you want to do one let's do it dude I'm down that's what I'm trying to do like that's that's the visual stuff I have you know and I know editing people and you know videographers and stuff to where like dude if we if we get a commercial cool enough to put on to actually to do we can create it together and if you would help me actually do it yes financially to where it wouldn't break me um dude, no I'll, dude i have guys that do it off the we're dude, good we're good. Uh, we're good i'll pay to put it on fox too or something like that for real dude for real man we're good i will i'll hold you to the it funds are nothing i got guys down here that are local too and you know we just give them if we give them the credit on the thing that's all it takes yeah. but it don't take no money it's all about relationships cost, man it'll cost an arm and a leg to air it on them mm-hmm. That's a, like if we have to pay for that, that's it. But we'll get the video I'll, done. I'll cover that if we can get the video. That's why I've never gotcha. done it, man. Yeah. yeah, look at that. See the commitment right here. I, I got a. Uh, I have a uh, intro video getting created right now for my podcast. Okay. So I'll send that to you and let me know if you want to work. Oh, with for the guy. sure, man. That'd be cool. You but know, you'll see. Uh, what is it, Randy? No, I don't know. I don't even watch the news anymore. They'll be airing it out, and then they'll be like, "My dad's a big news bullpen, bullpen, bullpen." <laughs> see, that's how you. Get- <laughs> You're, you know what marketing takes so you got to get the oh. old crowd you stay on the facebook to get all the crowds you know just oh. gotta get that instagram nick going but it just you know what you need you filter around good man yeah so yeah. i see a lot going on and uh i'm being monday for real to talk with you okay yeah so uh what's uh last question give yourself six month goal i asked five year oh six years almost ago. over let's see where are we at right now we're in it's about to be may, may. about to be may you know, I'm really looking forward to our one-year anniversary party, man. That's uh, coming up in August. You want August. us to be there? Oh, yeah. All right, we'll be yeah, there. Yeah, man, do a podcast from What's going to go on there? Give the people... So there's some stuff through the uh, through 93.7 The Bull. Dusty's going to be there. Uh, Z1077 is going to be there. DJ Cuddy from, what is it, 1041? 104.1. Hot, yeah, yeah hot yeah. 104.1. Yeah, he's yep. going to be DJing for us that night. It's going to be hot. Oh, dude, this place, it's actually going to catch on fire and burn down. Damn. We definitely gotta get a video. We gotta get a. We gotta get a video for the one year party. Yeah, it's gonna be. It's gonna be pretty awesome, man. And then we've got uh, that next day, or the ne- next weekend. I'm sorry, is the bull float? Is that next weekend? After the anniversary party. Okay, cool. Yeah. Oh, so we've got. That's so that'll be like August 10th yeah, or 11th. Yeah. So we've got the anniversary party, and then we've got the bull float that we're the premier sponsor on, meaning that um, all those artists and everything. I mean, they might be. They might be wearing one of our t-shirts or they might have our logos up all around them i'm with that we might be on stage with them i'm with that and the podcast is going to be down there i can't say anything that's going to happen until may 9th but man it'd be really cool if all that did happen i hope it is (laughs) i hope it will but uh man nick i appreciate you really as a person man. man um just keep doing what you're doing throughout the business the owner um if you ever have questions just like as a customer you know, I feel like I, I'll always be real, to, real with you on that, but you're doing good shit, man. I'm trying, my man. Dream, my dream was always a club and stuff, but, you know, I just haven't been there, and I just feel like I'm a good promoter and stuff. The podcast is my limelight. Yeah. If I can spread word and get voices on it, For sure. I'll do that. And um, I feel like I can I, – I want a team with you, Oh, man, man I'm impressed. I'm I want impressed. a team with you yeah. for real. Yeah. So I, uh, uh, I'm all about growing with people, man. That's what it takes. It's about relationships. Yeah. Getting uncomfortable to get comfortable. Yeah. You that's know? what I tell the women, too. And they're really? like, <laughs> no. <laughs> You're retarded. You're retarded. Uh, <sighs> man, 
I had something else I was going to tell you. But I think that's it, really, to wrap it up. Man, Nick, like I said, he was on the Wellness Investors earlier. We talked for like an hour and a half. It was a great episode. Taught us about the uh, taught us about the upcoming of the bullpen more. We're actually, we were talking about this off air, but I'll announce it on here. We, we want to start a little bit of the vlog for Nick to talk about, you know, the upcoming of the bullpen and what it took and um, just the understandings of an owner and the small things it took and more of his lifestyles of it. Yeah. And my buddy Chad, the coach, is going to help him with that. And that's something that, He's been wanting to work on and came in and talked to us about. And that's what we do as a barn. The barn's here. We're growing it. And we're trying to get it to a place. If you guys want to just come record a podcast, we know how to do that. We can sit here and help you record it. You know, it's all about being teams and coordinating and communicating, you know, asking people questions, getting like getting uncomfortable to get comfortable. And if you need help, we're open to do that. The barn will be open to record this summer. And we want to teach people how to podcast the right way and speak with yeah. Right, like, like you, and I'm glad I had you on here, man. And uh, yeah, when you asked me that day, I think it was it. Uh, it was Saturday night. Was it Saturday night? Yeah. And hey, man, you want to come on the podcast? But hell yeah, I do. Yeah, and you were like, I love podcast. Yeah, yeah. You probably didn't think I'd really do it, but I didn't think. <laughs> but I'm glad we had it. Yeah, man, man dude, I, I'm all into I this. Appreciate show, you, bro. Man. Sure. You catch this episode this week. Catch Nick ba- Basinger at the the bullpen. I'm there all the time. You say you got a party this weekend, the Goodwill party? Yeah, man. So it, it sounds a little tacky. You just walk over to people like, hey, you want to come to my Goodwill party? And people are like, what the fuck? Get away from me. <laughs> but, um, no, so it's a Goodwill-themed party. So what it is, man, so say say you and I, we're going to go to this Goodwill party, right? I'm going to take you to Goodwill. I'm going to pick out all of your clothes. And on the turn, you're going to pick out all my clothes. But you keep it a secret, and you don't give it to me until that night, right before we're about to go to the Goodwill party. Okay. And then I put them all on. You put on your outfit with the straw hat. I'm gonna get you. Okay. And we're gonna walk in, and then whoever has the best outfit is gonna win $500 cash that night. I like that. So if you heard that, you can dress as your couple. If you don't have a couple, you come as your friend. Dress as your yeah, friend. Yeah, just That's dress with a friend. Just grab someone and dress with them. I mean, just grab someone. I mean, you don't even have to like each other. Yeah. Just split two, split $500. You know what I'm saying? That'd be nice. Money so makes. You get peace. paid as a group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, two fifty yeah. a piece, man. Two fifty a piece. Yep. Do it up. Yeah, do that's it up. What I'm saying, man, and that you know, and I was kind of tossed back and forth of doing a cover charge that night, but you know what? I'm like, no, I don't want to do a cover charge. I want people to come out that night and have fun. I'll take some loss on the night. That's okay. It takes that sometimes to get yeah, the game, man. man. Yeah, I want I want people to come in and have fun. That's what it's I want about, them man. Coming in fun. The bu- what night is that? Friday night. Friday night is the place to be at the bullpen. I'll drop this episode on Wednesday. This your boy Swerve, Nick Basinger, and being the bullpen a lot. And um just stay tuned, man. We got a lot coming on. And uh the Wellness Investors episode is gonna drop Friday morning. So this will be before. And just stay tuned, man. Great stuff coming on. And uh Nick, appreciate you. Yeah, absolutely. It's been fun. The bullpen is up. Is that a is that I only know I'll do a bull sound, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. <laughs>